0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Man, is this a fun episode today, Ed, looking at Bucci Terasawa's Cobra Number 1. Before we open that one up, speaking of manga, you can find Ed at the end of November in Tokyo at the Tokyo Comic Con, tabling with Jeff Darrow the last weekend in November, so be sure and stop by there. That should be an amazing comics event. Very jealous of that, but look forward to coverage on the channel, Ed, when you get back. I want you there, man. Uh, This channel is brought to you by the comics that we make. Ed Piscor's Red Room, the Antisocial Network, and Red Room Trigger Warnings are both out and available now. These collect four complete short stories in the Red Room universe. They are self-contained and can be read in any order. So whichever volume you encounter first is the perfect place to start. My latest comics, Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness. The comic books are out and available now, retelling the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. The Collected Oversized Treasury Edition will be in stores in early 2023. If you want a copy of that, make sure and let your store know to pre-order one so Marvel knows how many to print. Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, back in print from Image Comics. Eight complete full-color stories of the homeless ninja on a skateboarder, perfect for this upcoming Christmas season. But we are here to talk some uh, some early manga imprints. Yes. 1994 Cobra, English adaption by Marv Wolfman. There's popular manga about, uh, popular anime about Cobra out there, and uh, this is a doozy. Viz Comics brings this out, and I don't know if you can see it on screen or not, but this is kind of a deluxe edition. It's a square bound, I don't know if that's 48 or 64 pages, but like a matte finish, like just feeling this, it feels different than your average comics. I feel like the design of the cover is pretty sharp for a 1990 edition and they ran six six issues of this six or 12 issues of this came out reads great i had a blast with this reading this this week yeah the
1: beauty of it in terms of the translation is that you got a seasoned comics writer to add some spit polish to uh to the to the writing you know like marv wolfman probably don't know japanese you get the rough translation and then you massage it and you you turn it into something that 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 we know and dig uh some context for cobra 16 tankobon out there from 78 to 1984 or something like that uh in the 50 million range for uh its popularity um so it is it is no slouch of a comic had a great sega cd game uh called uh it was in america it's called the space adventure but but it's unmistakably cobra because it's this and like i said it started in 78 and it has that aesthetic it's an evolution of uh it's an evolution of, of uh tezuka in a lot of ways but this dude is bringing some other he's bringing barbarella into the mix he's bringing star wars into the mix like all that culture stuff that's out there in the culture like this dude's bringing into the story
0: and this feels like um a second generation of viz the publisher because we've looked at some stuff like their first year they bring out my psychic girl kamui area 88 and xenon i believe are their first four series and they're like regular comic books except they're bi-weekly but they're kind of like a regular standard comic book saddle stitch these are higher production values a little bit thicker a monthly schedule so viz is continuing to evolve in terms of like trying to figure out this market and the direct market and all of that i actually brought along uh, another viz comic of his i think these are the two that they publish in this format uh, by tarasawa midnight eye number one um another one of his characters and this one early computer coloring so that's kind of the the interesting wrinkle on this and it's a pi Mm -hmm. so you know you see him doing genre is what you see here you know the sci-fi space pirate stuff the private eye very sexy both of these and the presentation of both of these
1: yeah and uh just for more context cobra is his first series and i don't even think he did one shots and shit before like I think he did a Cobra story, and then it manifests into something bigger that he was able to kind of kind of build on to,
0: on top of. And uh, his arm gun here, Psycho Gun. Yeah. Well, let's dive into this because uh, it's pretty fun comics. And
1: you know that aesthetic of like space battleship Yamamoto or whatever. Like it's that it's the, absolutely that era of aesthetic in terms
0: of manga. I was looking at this and thinking aesthetically. So if you cover up his face, cobra's face. I mean this could be something Wild Storm is publishing. Very heroic poses, a lot of rendering on like a almost a metallic surface on this sidekick of his, this tattoo and sexy woman in the background. It's the cartoony face to me that that brings up, you know, you mentioned Tazuka's lineage, but overall like I can see why Viz might look around and say this could work in 1990.
1: Yeah yeah it's real fascinating like like uh, as we continue with this channel like i'm thinking fuck i have connections at viz like we need to start getting some of that stuff on the record some of those kinds of interviews and stuff whether whether you know the audience supports it or not it's literally irrelevant because it's the biggest publisher in, in america absolutely man because the choices that they made and when i go out there there is there is a woman Sheena Ishimori, I think, is her name. And she was a a translator, you know, like she's translated so much of this stuff. Uh, She is very well schooled in like Viz's history here in America. Like, I'm going to pull her coat and see if I could could get her on the record Uh, because it's so calculated and it required years of just establishing things in this way in the in the way that Americans understood and can absorb things. Uh, but it's grown into what it is now. We're like, I'm gonna be able to read all of Fist of the North Star in a professional translation. I really think that's gonna happen. That company is doing really well. I don't think they're not going to, like, right. I, I don't think they've stopped and canceled books in the past You know, however long. Like, So I'm gonna to get to read
0: that. That's, that's the viz that we have now. Yeah, absolutely. Um- Story-wise, this guy wakes up and he's kind of living a mundane lifestyle, has this robot uh, assistant, you know, a little bit of a sci-fi setting here, and it's the weekend. His robot woke him up early, which he doesn't appreciate on a Sunday when he could sleep in. But it's check time. He's fantasizing about getting a uh, a sexy girl robot instead instead of this guy, but doesn't have the money for that. What he does have the money for is this TM company that's advertising on one of his video monitors, and what do they do? Like... Kind of fantasy movies customized to you where you get to be the star of that. So he's going to go check that out because what else is he doing on a Sunday? It's cheap. It is. And that's a wild drawing to me. Reminds me of that 2001 Jack Kirby story where uh, you go get to be like virtual reality space hero. So pretty cool so far. And as he enters, like look at the designs on like the, I guess, girl robots, the door girls as he's walking in. Like that already, I think, tips you off to. We're gonna we're gonna get to see some cool stuff in this yeah. in this comic. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of uh you know, like this is a sexy series. I feel like sex is used a lot throughout this series and that sexiness quality. So he engages with like kind of a concierge as is gonna push him. What do you wanna see? What do you want in your in your dream movie? Yeah. Your fantasy movie.
1: And you bring up the sex stuff. Um this was serialized in Shonen Jump the boys comic oh interesting uh we we looked at a um an issue of shonen jump for like 84 and there was a uh, there was a um uh episode of cobra in there where like people were flying around on these like rocket propelled crucifixes a lot of weird imagery in
0: that book, man. <laughs> wow, what what you can get away with in a kids uh, kids comic, there, right? I'll tell you. This is basically Vampirilla costume, by the way. Our host, yeah, with like, a blonde wig on. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, it's, talk about the Barbarella stuff. It, it's also like so fetishized. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's he's tracing a photo, probably. I
0: love all of this stuff, like the little oval light patterns behind it, and whatever this booth is of like discs or eyes or cameras or something, just looks super cool to me. So here he goes. Drug him up with some some gas, I believe, and now he's uh, going to sleep. Fun effect. Looks like it could be something out of like Journey to the Moon or something like a 1930s special effect. <laughs> Starts cue the Smashing Pumpkins music. Exactly, and uh, wake up in this fantasy. He's and, Cobra and his sidekick. What's a lady? His partner, who is this like masked robot sidekick that again. Weird for a kid's comic, I think. Strange tangent of their legs, like, just barely touching. <laughs> but she looks cool. She's out there killing dragons for him to eat, and, and he, he's a lone wolf pirate. And he doesn't look like this guy. No, he doesn't. Nah, this is, this is your, uh, maybe your idealized version, right? The hunky romance cover model there. But we do find that he surgeried up his face. Look how cool these things are, too, as, as we're going through, like, recap the whole what he's experiencing in this movie. It looks great. Look at that shit, dude fucking robot horse come on now and do you think these are um like the painted intro to the piece i know there's a lot of pages in but you know like there's wash and stuff that i don't usually associate with manga
1: yeah that's that's the thing you you, you only associate it with like the first couple pages yeah. of, of like something like new four pages or six so, not not
0: 15. Or... it's
1: true and and we haven't seen them before so so i can't i can't speak to that but i do think that we have one complete episode and i'll tell you where i think it ends okay and then we have just a piece of like the next episode.
0: And so, he's uh he's basically there's like a, congl- a a pirate guild and he is outside of that pirate guild so this is one of the bad guys that he lets live. Yeah, very much t- a Tez- Tezuka influenced kind of mm-hmm. imagery with the bad guy. And those playing at home take note of this bird because we're going to see that again. But uh movie ends and whenever he comes out of the movie like he he mentions you know how great it was But she's like, wait, uh, there shouldn't have been pirates in your movie. Something's wrong here.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to be playing around with some, like, mermaids or something. There ain't supposed to be this or that. Like, what are you talking about? Something's glitched up.
0: But he's got space pirates on the mind now. So he's driving home. Love these shots, too. Like, very entertaining on the parts that I don't know that they're supposed to be anything too special this is the interesting stuff knowing what
1: was probably there and mm-hmm. the heavy lifting that the letterer had to do uh, because of that obligation that they felt that like we don't need to be seeing the uh japanese lettering and 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 to this day like when we were doing akira episodes and and with uh, jeff Darrow and frank whitely and we're oscillating back and forth between dark horse and the kodansha box set there are people popping up in the comments like, "I don't want to look at those Japanese sound effects. Get that, get that shit the fuck out of here." Yeah. I want to.
0: Not being able to read screech, messes with my experience. <laughs> so whenever he goes down to check on the guy that he almost wrecks as he's like daydreaming driving along, we see a familiar face, and it is our uh, space pirate. Yeah. So now what is happening? We've got characters crossing over from his uh, fantasy movie into real life. Doesn't add up. And somehow, he kills the pirate. Almost like he had a uh, gun where that hand was. (laughs) Right. Uh Uh-oh. And he really kills him, man. Hole burnt right through the middle of him. That'll do it. And we do see there's a gun under his hand, and now he's freaking out, like, what is going on? Has no idea, like, is he still in the movie? As a a boy, like, as a creative boy,
1: making your own characters and stuff like that, who hasn't made a character with a gun arm?
0: Absolutely. You know
1: what I'm saying? Like, of course. Like, if you had to come up with like stereotypes of some mythical shonen jump comic, there would have to be somebody with a gun arm at some point. And this is this is the
0: this is the deal. Finds this uh, secret chamber here whenever he twists his face on the wall. That uh, he's starting to now remember some stuff. Oh, he's got that stogie in, too, to let you know that he's a pirate. Mm-hmm. And before they can get too deep into what's going on, some people storm his apartment. Get the classic manga action going on, a little shootout. Comes up pretty good. How about this for our uh, another great pirate character showing up? That bird went and ratted him out. It's a stool pigeon. Look at that. Skull in the spacesuit. Yeah. How good is that? And she got that missing eye, which is uncanny. Love it all. I am in love with this spread. Look, you still have this kind of weird gray reprints. Yeah, there's a wash to it for sure.
1: Now we're getting into Rain Ness territory,
0: man. Mm-hmm. Straight damn log. Man, that's so true. Right? Perfect, yeah. Makes me wonder if if, if Rain Ness is a fan of this, of some some twisted mangas, but its lady is back. She's been hiding out inside of his robot butler this whole time. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, dude. It it does have the energy of
1: being... spontaneous in a way it doesn't feel so planned no
0: it doesn't and also like it's not wasting any time Right, like we're 30 pages in and a lot has happened and a lot of action has happened a bunch of cool character designs have crossed our our eyes and it's all readable too it's like it's like the exposition is chill how about this for an effect that's got to be white painted on top of that wash yeah i think so there's a lot of that kind of stuff where it's almost like um, manga, you know, how are you, how you making all these pages in a short deadline, but still make them look interesting. And so, like, you see just these little, I don't know, decorative almost backgrounds, but it's a way to keep everything looking good and moving forward if you're the guy creating it.
1: It's making me think that uh, Zipatone screens out there, I don't know that they really used them in the 70s. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my eyes peeled, but I don't think I recall seeing
0: anything with Zips. Well, here we go. Let's uh, let's go from the washes, and now we are going to our straight line art. Yeah. So that, that confuses me a lot, because I've never seen an intro. Okay,
1: and, 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 and this is the last page, by the way. Like, this is the last page of this first chunk. Uh-huh. It's the size of a one-shot. Okay. That would be in, About 30 pages
0: worth it. Yeah.
1: And then I think we're getting just a piece
0: of the next episode i wonder even uh let's see 30 33 pages if somewhere in here is where that first one ends and then um yeah i don't know where it would be but somewhere where they get a drop on him and then maybe you get a couple of pages of this in in the next chapter i, th- I think the first know, thing running, like it does look like an end of a chapter
1: yeah and i think that like as a one shot you know we looked at it in uh the akira toriyama manga theater like some of those things are 60 pages and and it's an attempt you know this is just thrown in when a guy misses deadline or whatever and the audience is the audience is gambling you know the audience is choosing thumbs up thumbs down this thing really hit because this artwork feels evolved Mm -hmm. it feels stronger the inky's way tighter you know the the first piece is doujinshi man
0: that's interesting wonder how much of that happens, where like the guy kind of makes his own comic and then gets, you know, gets to talk to an editor and it's like, here are completed pages. I mean, you know,
1: once we get off this
0: stream and everything,
1: we're going to debrief
0: that shoot-in review. How much, uh, you know, like this feels so in line with stuff like Star Wars. Like I can see why Viz would think, bring this over here. Totally. But also like it would have been contemporary of those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, in the 70s, absolutely. Like that's the, in- that's the inspiration.
0: And, and it, this feels it, it, much more like Tezuka that you mentioned early on. Uh
1: huh. But it but it's literally the Walrus Man, Doctor Evizon, or whatever his name is from from like the Cantina scene. Like I have the death sentence on Seven Systems, whatever the fuck. Like that's what that scene is.
0: Good storytelling here is one of these guys charges charges our hero who just trips him, falls on his own on his own. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's a knife or a sword, kind of in between, but kills him. You know, it's like sticking through his chest. And now, when somebody his buddies decide that's that's it, we're gonna take our get our revenge. Here comes Barbarella. Yes, the bounty hunter that shows up and takes out these guys. She's excited to collect that bounty. How cool! Even the creature that she rides on feels like Mobius. Even that's the thing with the series is like there aren't dull pages. No, the guy's coming up with all kinds of fun stuff. This is weird though. Got to got to junk that bike, but he's gonna carry it around.
1: Listen, man working on the. Uh
0: the lats and so his memory you know what we've learned in this issue is he was cobra it just got to be too much for him changes his face fakes his own death but now he's back yeah he he was bored with that mundane life after a couple of years and he comes and visits his own uh, tombstone and he's followed by our bounty hunter
1: yeah and she's putting two and two together are we at that part like where she dispatched some guys
0: yeah yeah she's dispatched them they talk shop a little and now she trails him here and she's like Cobra died here three years ago
1: yeah yeah because because what happens when they dispatch the
0: guys she realizes
1: there's like an extra bullet wound in one of the bad guys and she has no idea she knows she only shot once and then she putting two to, two together there's only one other guy who could be that quick a shot and it's got to be Cobra see that's how these shown uh, comics work and and Frederick shot in the manga manga book he, he he has a whole chapter where he talks about like it could be anything cooking golf, whatever but like those comics the stuff that those kids respond to is like somebody who is the best at what they don't want second best they're not looking for hero's journey at that level of like you know somebody who doesn't overcome the adversity you got to be the badass
0: yeah i have to bite my tongue for uh stories i'm working on that (laughs) that follow that but yes yeah i love that stuff I, i think that's such a cool piece of uh manga manga and of a lot of this manga that we read here uh, but here's her part where she's putting that together. You know, and she figures out, like, eh, you know, maybe uh, maybe you had your face changed. And just as she's about to maybe figure out, like, this guy could be worth a lot with a, uh, with a bullet in him as a bounty hunter, we get another cool-looking character that shows up. These bad guys are tracking her. And now here we go. Unlikely alliance, right? We're going to have to... Uh, can't have Cobra can't let her die, right? Yeah, man. and then you find out she's like Ikuza or whatever. Yes, rips off the back of her outfit to reveal her true identity as well. So you see the parallel storytelling too, where it's two characters that are slightly pretending to be some something else. Yeah, and then uh ad for
1: Hirobi, I guess you call it, Man with Len Wein doing the adaptation, which is so funny because you can never have Len and... like You can't have more Wolfman without... Len Wein being somewhere close, and vice versa. So those guys
0: are cashing some Viz checks. Look at that badass motherfucker, dude. I love that uh, Viz would do this too in all the back of their books is you get your bio of of the artist that we're looking at. How else are we going to learn about this Hip us to
1: these guys, man. Absolutely. Now, the legacy of this cartoon, uh, the anime, giant influence on Peter Chung. right? Certainly with uh, Aeon Flux in specific, and when you watch that show... Uh, the directors of that show, they push past the manga in terms of foreshortening and stuff. like it's definitely the director's um, hand and you see it. You see these crazy distortions and things that you could just tell that Peter Chung would like completely latch on to. So it's not really the manga so much as uh, the anime. but this was a great
0: dude. issue. Oh, so fun. highly recommend to uh, to anybody unfamiliar with it to check it out. And, you know, for that matter, I'm asking everybody watching this video who likes it, pump up these numbers, share this video, because I'd like to cover Midnight Eye number one. Let's look at some more of his work and uh, like let this, us know that, that you're into this. I
1: like this track. We're going down, man. Let's do some Crying Freemans. Oh, yeah. You know what that I'm to saying? That us some numbers. Let's, let's do Hotel Harbor View, the bullet sequence. I have that one pulled, <laughs> so it won't be hard. Good to go, Jim? I am. K favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids
0: are available. Jimmy, tell the people what's out there. Hulk, Grand Design. Monster Madness is in comic shops now. This is a retelling of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk. The collection will be in comic shops in early 2023 in a beautiful oversized treasury edition. But you got to pre-order that one now to make sure Marvel prints a copy for you. Street Angel Deadly scroll Live from Image Comics back in print after almost a year. Eight complete stories of the homeless ninja on a skateboard. You will want to read this if you haven't already. And you can join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug where you can see lots more of my comics and art. Red Room Trigger Warnings, Red Room the Anti-Social Network Trade Paperbacks, Murder
1: on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the Name of the Game. Each of these volumes uh, has four completely self-contained stories in each, plus about 70 pages of additional material, new artwork made exclusively for the books, things like that, and I'm serializing new Red Room comics uh, on my Patreon. All of this material and the new stuff is up there every Tuesday, put up something extra, and three bucks for the archive so it's at this point less than a penny a page uh, of comics um hit up my link tree in the description below this video to get to those destinations and i'm going to be at uh, the tokyo comic-con in november the very last weekend of november uh sharing a table with jeff darrow um we've been comparing notes and things like that ahead of time so can't wait to meet you looking forward to it uh, it's three years since they had a convention out there in Tokyo, and that they are nuts. they are stoked to uh, to get the show on the road, man. So, going to be fun. Uh, Jimmy, what
0: else do we have out there, man? Subscribe to the Cartoonist k newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find t-shirts, hats, mugs, and other merchandise at our spread shop at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist k channel. Given those more goodies, Jimmy. We'll be on our way.
1: Read more manga.